It's an amazing combination, convergence of the different hashpos of the Shabbosos, Parshas, Shabbos Mevorchim, Chodesh Adar, and Shkolem usually coincide. And this happens to also be Bayakel. Now, what's the significance? Hopefully we'll connect it a little bit. Bayakel, it's interesting, it says, Six days out of the week, work, doesn't say you shall do work, says, which, according to you know the grammatists, the Hebrew grammatists, would mean that work will be done. So many Mephorshim have different aspects to this, and I saw Maori Naim has a big mahalach um, saying that the more Kedusha Shabbos a person has, then the more the Kedusha Shabbos is influenced into the week, which is beautiful. And elevates all the weekdays as well. And but Rav Gamliel had a nice little twist. He said, a person who keeps Shabbos properly in all aspects, Zachar and Shamar, then his work will be done. He'll get all his work will get done. That means if a person he says is lacking Parnasa, there must be something lacking in the Shemir Shabbos. So Anybody who feels they need extra parnasa, so time to be mischazik in Shemir Shabbos. That's one one thing to keep in mind. Another thing to keep in mind is thinking about all the the building of the Mishkan. It, it's talking about all the in this week's parsha. It's talking about how it w- that it was actually implemented, and so many psukim start vayas, and they made it, and they made it, and there was the in, and uh, Truma and Tetzava, there were commandments of what to do. And this is telling us that it was done. And of course we know the... But you see that people, it kept on saying, people had Nadiva slave. They had a willingness of heart. It wasn't the people who had financial ability. It wasn't people who had extra gold and silver and copper and all kinds of dyes and wool and all kinds of other fabrics that were needed to build the Mishkan, wood. It was a Nadiva slave. It was at the desire of their heart. They wanted to connect. They wanted to give to Hashem. And that's the people that want to give are always find it an ability to give. People who want for themselves, they have a lot harder time giving. Just because you have doesn't mean you, you will give. We know that Yeshlomana Rotsim Asaim. Chazal tell us the nature of a human being is if he has a hundred, he wants two hundred. That means the more you have, the more you want. But if a person understands that I don't want for myself, I know that's my nature, but I feel honored and privileged that Hashem blessed me that I could share that and give it to others, that is the diva slave. That's the bracha that Hashem gives the person, and those are the people that give. Even if they don't necessarily have as much as some of the other people have, but they give. And it's a phenomenal uh, that a lot of, I know some, some stucco collectors, 
And they told me that, you know, when they go to the wealthy neighborhoods, it's so, so-and-so. When they go to the neighborhoods that are not so well-to-do, and each person gives them a small amount, you see the Nidiva slave. You see that they're giving you a bracha, and I wish I could give more, and this is what I'm doing. And it's given with the whole heart. And um, you know, I want to bless all the wealthy people that they should have the tranquility and the goodness of heart to be able to see each person that comes to them as an opportunity to share the bracha that Hashem has given them. They should be able to give it with the whole heart and with simcha and without being annoyed and without being driven crazy. They should be able to do it in a, in a, in a blessed way. Um, okay, but um, now let's, let's talk about a little bit how do you give? So in Parsha Shkolim, it's, it's interesting, Rav Meilu Fiederman says over, I think it's from the Sfas Emes, or who brings from the Chidush Yerim, who brings from one of the um, Talmidi Baal Shem, if I'm not mistaken, or it might even be uh, a Medrash. I think it's a Medrash, actually. The Medrash actually says that every year when they read Parsha Shkolim, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu comes and lifts up the heads of the people. He gives them that, he lifts them up. He gives them that significance and that feeling of worth. And I think that that's something that every year Moshe Rabbeinu does that. That means everybody that comes to shul to hear the laning of Parsha Shkolem, it's probably could I be there for the beginning of the laning too. But even if you're just there for that, that it's like Moshe Rabbeinu standing there and lifting you up. Oh, you, you made it. You're one of mine. I know there's some uh, big rabbis and tzaddikim. They have a connection with people who are not always, you know, doing necessarily what's the best, shall we say. But a lot of times they have a chibah for them. They say, oh, this is my mayor. This is my yankala. This is my shia. He's mine. Oh, oh, my, my, my david. Oh, so good to see you. Because they have a kirva. Their heart is reaching out to them. And the person hears it, a special Rebbe like, calls him, ah, he's mine. So even, it gives him that pressure. It makes him feel significant and important. In our lives, though, we have this idea that it seems to be that a person who draws significance to himself or tries to become mechubed, quite often people uh, don't see it that way. Somebody who chases honor, honor runs away from him. But those who run away from honor, honor run af- runs after him. So, what is it that Moshe Rabbeinu lifts up the heads of the Jewish people? How is that something that we're happy about? Maybe we have to be humble and modest and, you know, yeah, there's got to be a balance. How do you keep that balance? What is the balance? So, there's a, a beautiful Dvartar, I think it's from the Sforno or Ravadi Martinur, I'm not sure, but the famous mission in Pergyavos that everybody knows, that uh, be cautious in judgment and establish many students and make a fence around the Torah. Okay. 
So I once heard from a Daniel Kalish of Waterbury fame. Ah, somebody who is mamish giving his heart to Klali Shell. He says, what's shot in Hamidu Talmidim Harbor? Established many students. I mean, the Rambam says, you know, that it's upon every Talmud Chacham, Lelamed is called a Talmidim. Should teach all the students. What does it mean, Hamidu, make your students stand up? No. What it means is Hamidu Talmidim Harbe, lift them up a lot. Give them that physic. Give them that feeling of prominence and significance. Let them feel empowered that they're special. That is what a real mechanic has to do, is to make them feel significant. So, Hamidu Talmidim, with every one of your Talmidim, Hamidu Harbei, lift them up a lot. So, based on that, I think that that's something we need to do to other people. But we don't do it for ourselves. And I think that that's where maybe the mistake with the Chet HaEgel was, we mentioned last week, when it says that, that when the Egel came out, the they said, These are, these are the gods that have lifted you up from Egypt. But the Mephorshim say, it doesn't say it took you out, because they know this cow didn't take them out. So what was it? They felt that they had some significance. And might also, I'm, I'm wondering if they maybe were affected because we know one of the things that the Jewish people didn't change while they were in Mitzrayim was their their clothing. They didn't change their clothing. I mean, they didn't dress like going. But when it came time to leave, it says that they had to go and borrow clothing from the Goyim. <laughs> what are they doing with their clothing? All the years, they didn't change the clothing, and that's one of the merits they had to come out of Israel. And now Hashem himself is telling them to take the clothing. So maybe it means that they felt, ah, oh, now we're wearing the clothes of our oppressors, you know, we're wearing the uniforms of the, the people that oppressed us. I'm not sure. But maybe that the idea of Ha'aluchim in Israel is that they felt lifted up. But maybe it's something that they felt it from themselves. Not sure. But the difference between a mitzvah and a vera sometimes is like a hair's breadth. If somebody, you know, I, I know there's a, a big tzaddik nowadays, his name is Rav Meyer Zilberberg, he should be healthy and well. And I see him dishing out chizuk to people. Buckets full, flowing chizuk to people. Oh, you're such a tzaddik. Oh, you're the best. I love you so... Uh, he just uh, says so many beautiful things to people and they all feel like the most special person in the world when they speak to him. But if you were to say to him something or when he has to talk about himself, he always says, I'm like dust under the feet of the people here in the room. And like I always say, Rebbe, come on. Like, you know... We don't see that way. So, what is it? Is that he knows, he compares himself not to everybody else. He 
compares himself to what maybe his potential, he wants his potential to be. And maybe he feels he's not living up to his potential. And maybe you, who think you're not fulfilling your potential, but really, you, you are. Maybe. We don't know. But sometimes, we have to have that balance. For others, I want to always lift them up. For myself, I have to try to be as real as possible. But at the same time, when somebody tells me something nice, so do I have to say you're wrong and that's not true? So it could be that it is what we have to do. But nonetheless, it's sometimes the battle is that I, I see somebody else feels that way about me. Oi, vey. Oi, I'm a good faker. We have to know we have to be able to put the right perspective and recognize Moshe Rabbeinu had to write in the Sefer Torah when Hashem told him Ba'ish Moshe Ono Mikol Adam Moshe was the most modest of all people and he had to write that in the Sefer Torah but at the same time Pe'el Pe'adabir Bo he knew he spoke to God but I guess Moshe Rabbeinu was so close to understanding the vastness and greatness of the Baruch that when he looked at himself, he saw himself as talking nothing. He felt it. Compared to this infinite, <laughs> talking nothing. If you compare yourself to another person, that's when you might have problems. But if you compare yourself to Kodesh Baruch Hu, you realize everything you have is what God made you. The fact that I was able to do that mitzvah and I was able to learn, God gave you the koch to do that. So who are we anyways? If we feel humbled and honored that we were given a significant role to play, so hopefully it's a humbling and honoring feeling that you have that. But a person shouldn't become arrogant and haughty because of it. All from Hashem. Therefore, when Moshe Rabbeinu was told, Oi, Zayitnu, for the Machtis Hashekel, Moshe Rabbeinu is Kasha. He didn't understand what does that mean? How they give a coin. So, Koshboku took from under the Kisei Kabbos a Matbeya Shel Eish, a fiery coin. The coin was inflamed. What does that mean? According to some of the Siddiquim, that means it's the kavona and it's excitement to fulfill the mitzvah. That's what gets the kapara. It's not a half a shekel. How does a half a shekel get a kapara? But it's how the fervor and the excitement to do the mitzvah, that's what gets the kapara. And I think that that's part of what we need to understand is the Parsha Shkolen, it's the first of four Parshas. The Tzadok and the other Tzadikim bring down that the four Parshas correspond to the letters of Hashem's name, Yud Kei Vav Kei. And therefore, the first Parsha is like the Yud, like a little coin of Machzis HaShekel. Zayitnu. That this week, we're connecting to the Yud of Hashem's name. Yud Chachma Kaduma. Yud is like the the wisdom in the in the rotzel to start the process of bringing bridging this time from before Purim 
till the time of Nisan, the time of one Geula to the next Geula. And I think that if we all try our, our hardest to to come to the laning, to be in shul, to connect, to realize that Kosh Baruch is giving at least Moshe being the, the ability to lift us up every time, every year. And that type of being lifted up, maybe we have to know, okay, I'm not holding there yet. But Moshe Rabbeinu says, you could be, and I'll lift you up. And hopefully, that's Hashem, all of us, will manifest our greatness and to go through the process of the four parshas of Shkolin and Zohar and Parah and Achaydesh and Bezer Hashem we will all be ready ah everybody's rumors are abounding about what's happening in Russia Ukraine and um, the Lushan that the Messorah has it that Sternbuch mentioned already seven, eight years ago when the first invasion of Crimea happened, that he published or he publicly stated something that he had heard from his great-grandfather who heard it from Messorah all the way back to the Vilna Gong, that when Russia invades Ukraine, then the process has started. When the boats of Russia go down to the Turkish side of the sea and invade there, then you know, keep your Shabbos clothes on because he's coming very soon. We don't know what's going to happen. Who knew what's going to happen a week ago exactly? They knew something was going to start, but who knew it was going to be like this? We have to daven for fellow Yidin who's stuck in Ukraine. Uh, daven, you know, that uh, all the Yidin should be healthy and safe. Um, that brings some extra achtas. We're all in this boat together. I was in shul and I heard some people saying jokes. Oh, his family was went to, went to Uman just last week. And they were kind of laughing at them. I was like, how can you laugh? People are in serious trouble. You don't have to have a moon and be tough on. You also have to do the right thing and the smart thing. Because Baruch Hu should bless us all, that we should hear Taka B'Sharas Tovos, and that if this is the beginning of Geula, that it come Rachamim, Rachamim Gedolim. And we should all get ourselves ready. Baruch Hashem, we still have the Shabbos to pick ourselves up or be picked up by Moshe Rabbeinu, better yet, and Bezar Hashem will be ready for the BS Girl Tzadik in here, Amen.